Hey guys, welcome to Creativity Level Zero. I'm Steve. And I'm Jim. And let's get right into it. So Jim, ho, ho, ho. Oh. It is Christmas time. Yes, yes. I think- Holiday uh, time for those who don't celebrate Christmas. We missed we missed Hanukkah already, didn't we? Uh, is it already over? No. Oh, when, when is it? It's still going. Oh, is it? <laughs> you could tell how much I know about Hanukkah. Well, all our Jewish listeners out there, you can explain to Jim what Hanukkah is. Or Chanukkah, as it's better known. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, too. It could be over. I don't know. I thought it would last for a couple of weeks. But I'm not I sure. thought it had, like, the, the menorah, right? And that's yeah. how many days it is. Right. Oh, so maybe it is just eight days. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed you're in a, you're in a special attire here. What do you got on there? Oh, I have... Star Wars ugly Christmas sweater. Our okay. listeners can't hear it, but you guys can check us out on Instagram or Twitch where we have our videos. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, ugly. <laughs> it used to light up, but I think the batteries died. It's a little uh, old. At this point. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so let, let's go right into what, what we did this weekend. So what'd you do this weekend, Jim? Or this week. This, this week, week, it's been busy. Yeah. It's been a busy week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the week when everybody last minute Christmas shops. Right. This is this is it. Yeah. Right. I've I've been to Target almost every other day, <laughs> and I've been trying different targets because some targets don't seem to have this what I want. You know. Right. Right. It's been Target over Walmart. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Well, I don't want to have to deal with the people of Walmart. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, I feel like Walmart is the is the is the real earth tone of America. You know, I I feel comfortable at Walmart. The earth tone of America. Yeah, okay. yeah. I feel comfortable there. I'm like, these are my people. But at the same time, pre-COVID, I still kept six feet from these people. Right. I, d- <laughs> I didn't let them close. <laughs> so judgmental this is this is the season of togetherness jim you gotta cut those borders you gotta go at least a five feet within that's right feet. that's right okay so the walmart near me closed so i don't go as often anymore which really sucks and target i see i look at target as like target like the french brand of walmart you know <laughs> You, if you shop there, the people are nicer. It's, a, it's right. an upper class kind of shopping experience. Right. You know, so I, I could see that's why you love going. Yeah, yeah. That's why I always go to Target over Walmart. Now, Walmart has more stock. That's for sure. But oh, I'm yeah. still going to keep trying Target. <laughs> yeah, they got nice stuff. Targets, yeah. <laughs> and also Target's great because you could just like get stuff you need for yourself too. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've been I've been just like you. I've been nonstop shopping. Um I think I finally have have everything. Everything. I think I'm finally ready for Christmas. Did you get backup gifts? Ba- what why do I need backup gifts? Oh, I always get one backup gift. In case they say they don't like it. Like, no, oh, in case. Well, that one was just a trick. Here's a backup gift. <laughs> no, the backup gift is like a generic $20 gift. You could bring it year to year. If you don't give it this year, don't give it. That that if you need to give a gift to someone and or like they're like, oh, I got you something. And you're like, oh, I didn't know we were doing gifts this year. You know, <laughs> then you can give that and be like, oh, oh yeah, I you see. know. I wasn't sure if we were giving gifts, but I got you something anyway, you know? So if you don't give it, you just keep it. You get to give it to yourself. You gift it to yourself. Yeah, or you, or you save it till next year if it's not, not edible or anything. Yeah. Not edible. <laughs> well, you could get like chocolate as like a, 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 a generic gift. Everybody likes chocolate, you know? Sure, sure. I'll be very upset, Jim, if I give you a present and then I get chocolate in return. I would never give my secrets away to you. <laughs> if you if you get a secondary gift you'd never know it <laughs> that means it's more than chocolate <laughs> it's it's chocolate dove chocolate. Probably that waffle iron i got two years ago. <laughs> yo you got a waffle iron no no i'm just kidding 
<laughs> I was gonna say, like, I should you, you should be making me some waffles. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. We're we're not dating, Jim. That's okay. True. That's true. I, I only I only give waffles for myself and you know, for dates. Oh, okay. And and yeah, maybe maybe for Santa, but Ooh. Yeah, I feel like you're the kind of guy that would do a waffle sandwich too. A waffle sandwich. Yeah, like that just sounds so heavy. Well, like, like let's say inside the sandwich, eggs and bacon and stuff. No, no, no. Like let's say you're you're eating some chicken fingers for dinner or some chicken nuggets, and you're like, you know what? Let's put it. Let's put this bad boy in a waffle. Oh my! Oh, and then fold a waffle. You fold it up, and it's oh, like. Oh, I thought yeah. you were putting two waffles. Oh my god! And I was like, Oh, oh my, my god, god, that's a lot of food. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did recently also have Cracker Barrel for the first time in my life. Uh, what? This week. Yeah. I, I love Cracker Barrel. You what, know, you eat? so I didn't eat there. They delivered it to me. I'm not going to walk into a Cracker Barrel. Come on. Come on. Like, I'm better than that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to judge you, you know. <laughs> I've driven past the Cracker Barrel, and they have the little scooters that you do in like walmart they have those a cracker barrel to bring people to their tables you know oh, we'll wheel you in the the best is the rocking chairs on the front porch that you can play checkers on you know <laughs> i wanted pancakes and the ihop near me gets slammed at certain times of the day just slammed and they are they are not good when they're busy they make mistakes. Oh, yeah. And even if my order is just pancakes and bacon, I don't get pancakes and bacon, which is crazy to think that you can't make just pancakes and bacon from IHOP. That's like the most simplest thing. Yeah. <laughs> you messed that up. You Usually what happens is they just lose the order. Oh. Like they're just doing so many orders. I feel like just the restaurants in your area are just awful. <laughs> I don't know who works at those restaurants in, in your area, but every single time it's a grab bag of oh, what you're yeah. going to get whenever we get delivery. <laughs> you remember when it's we were... always like a celebration. That's right. Like you order food at Jim's house and it comes correct. Like, oh my God, <laughs> what day are we today? I know. Today? It's so crazy. We it down in our calendar. Tuesdays or <laughs> when we order. <laughs> it's so crazy that we got Taco Bell this weekend. And I was so surprised when I got the food home. Remember I told you, I was like, oh my God, I think everything's here. Yeah, everything's and, right. And then when I, and it was too good to be true because when I ate it, they put the nasty beans in there. That's right. That's they right. They put the beans in. So. But I feel like maybe that's what it comes with now because that's it was in thinking. both of yours. And this is the second time it's happened, remember, where they put beans well, in then it? For sure. That's just probably the, the actual no, stock. No, it's definitely not. The, it's definitely not the thing. I feel like I'm going to have to say no beans in the order next time. Well, like, definitely. even though they're, it's like when I go to Burger King and I say no pickles, no onions. And they always correct me. They're like, we don't put onions on our burgers. And I'm like, okay, no pickles, no onions. I don't care. I know there are onions in that restaurant. I don't want them on this burger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which burgers have onions. Which ones don't. Exactly. Does, just no. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And remember when we were working at McDonald's, um, we used to get – so for those who don't haven't worked fast food, um, first off, congratulations. <laughs> You're missing out. You're missing out. But but the way they, the way they kind of uh, score you over there, which in hindsight was crazy because we didn't get a bonus. So yeah. you know, we, we probably yeah, got we, like an extra milkshake. With nothing, yeah. Yeah, we got like an extra sandwich. Um, is like <laughs> – you had to get every order out the door in 60 seconds. Yeah. And so the orders would come on the screen and then there'd be a timer next to it. And then there used to be a button that we would call the time button and you press it and it clears the order saying like, I sent it out. Yeah. And the idea is the person who's, who's the runner, the guy who takes the food and hands it to the guy who hands it out the door. He hits the button. He's like, okay, I got the food in my hand. I'm giving it to the drive through person. Boom. That's our time. Right. Order done. Yeah. Right. But when you really want to like do well, the managers will come by and be like, hey, 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 just just clear all these. You know them, right? Because remember, when you clear them, the menu, the item is off the screen. 
That's right. So the only way to know what was in that order is from the receipt itself. And that's like going back. I was going to say, we have the receipt. <laughs> yeah. And so like we were clearing stuff all the time. And I definitely remember clearing stuff and being like, oh, I don't know which order we just sent out. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what was in this bag. What was in that bag? Yeah, because, you know, I'm pretty sure the manager has probably got a bonus. Oh, for, for sure. low, like, serving times. And they so definitely they, did. They were just all about, like, you know, clear the board, clear the board, don't care, don't care <laughs> what the reasoning is. And it's like, oh. Well, we're backed up in the kitchen. Don't care. Clear it. When we get the food, we get the food. Just clear it. We got to be on they, there a minute. They did. They cheated the system. They cheated the system. That's right. We used to put the receipt on the bag, and then there'd be a line of bags of what we'd that's have to right. send out. Yeah, you just set up the bags, and that's it. Yeah. See, what actually would screw us up is, is honestly, was like the chicken nuggets. Because they cook for like five minutes. Yeah. And... People order them in batches of 20. Yeah. So like the bag only has like 60 in it. So it's like drop the nuggets, you know, and then like your you, three orders and they're gone. That's right. That's right. And so yeah, the, and you can't, there was only like two vats for chicken nuggets. That's right. It was an extra vat for fish, right. but you couldn't put the chicken nuggets in the fish vat no. because then you're mixing chicken and fish together for vegetarians. Yeah. You can't yeah. do that. That's right. So Yeah. And we so, also, you know, look, look guys. Even uh, we we rag on McDonald's, but they they actually you know maintained that, which was which was surprising out of everything. They they did they 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 did. I think they have good controls in place for making sure the food doesn't get contaminated, throwing out old food, you know, keeping stuff cold. I think they, for what it's worth, I think it, it's pretty good. Okay, okay. We also had uh, this will be the last thing I'll mention. McDonald's. I also remember we used to send the cars away from the drive-thru or something we'd be like oh go park over here yeah, we'll... when, we, when there was a lot of chicken nuggets to cook yeah we'll yeah. bring you your we'll food still park up, bring out your food to the parking lot yeah but like then the sonic yeah. <laughs> but the weird thing was like then we're all confused with like wait who gets what food and like whose food is this and it was a whole it's a whole thing that's right <laughs> uh i also wanted to mention when you when we were talking about shopping today uh i went shopping today i went to the king of prussia mall massive mall and i huge... what's that i said that is a huge mall yeah there. it's pretty big I, I i feel like i i walked a lot like i was exhausted right <laughs> and when i walked in the mall there were people and for those who don't know king of prussia is like a, a nicer area so the people are kind of like you know upper class um, the mall class too. Yeah. I walk in the mall and I overhear this couple, like there's a congregation of people, but this couple is just like, can you believe those other malls? Like, uh, what's the one, the Fair Hills? What's the one by Jersey? I don't uh, know. There's so many malls. In Jersey. There's one called like Fair Hills or Short Hills Mall. Short Hills. Yeah, so. Short Hills. And the guy was like, can you believe that dump Short Hills Mall still open? I don't know why everybody wouldn't copy the KOP malls, you know? <laughs> And I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, the restaurants you have here and like the places you have to shop, everything's overpriced. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta know your area that you can open up the mall. You gotta have malls that have, you know, a balance of, you know, some malls have high quality stuff. Some malls are just, you know, average run of the mill, you know, stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have Cheesecake Factory there, which I, I love Cheesecake Factory. A little overpriced. But very overpriced. I mean, it's funny because. It's like $20 a meal, but it's like two meals worth of food. But then again, it's like, do I want to spend $20 for this food I'm not going to eat? You know? <laughs> so it's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so for me, my my week, I uh, uh, I did a cool weekend of activities. I uh, went go-karting. Go-karting? Yeah, and then topped it off with... Uh, with a big bowl of ramen. Overall, it was an amazing day. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw the ramen on your Instagram. That's right, yeah. And, and I think I even said it looked really good. Like, I'd be down to try that. Oh, here we go. Okay. Jim over here is anti-soup. Okay? He says soup is not a meal. It's not. It's an appetizer. An appetizer? That soup is massive. I dare you. 
to eat that as an appetizer and then get a regular meal afterwards. Look, you it's, it's like if you ordered a side of carrots and then somebody said, but what if I gave you a million carrots? Wouldn't that be a meal? I dare you. It's like, well, yeah, I can't eat a million carrots, but carrots it's is a side. <laughs> First of all, that ratio is just massive. You know, a million carrots versus just a big bowl of soup is not a good comparison to make. I, I think the soup you got was is just one thing. Ramen is like a whole stew of different vegetables and meats and noodles and things like that. That that apples and oranges. No, I, I, so I will also say I'm not a like as I don't know as much about it. I haven't had as as much as you have. I've been to a few of the places in Princeton, like Tiger Noodles and stuff, um, which are okay. But like, I think deep down in my heart, when I eat there, I'm like, okay, so this was instant noodles plus like some veggies. And I feel like I don't get my money's worth. They make their own noodles. But I can't tell the difference. I'm not an I'm not a ramen pro. I can't tell the difference. The difference between instant noodles and not instant noodles. (laughs) They're all soggy in the soup. (laughs) What did you get on yours? Was yours the duck one? No, 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 no. Then I didn't get. There wasn't duck. No, it was was like some meat. Charshui, charshu, charshu, like pork bun. Yeah. Um, but the one I got was uh, chicken katsu curry rice, uh, curry ramen. So it's a curry ramen, and then what's a curry ramen? Ramen with a curry base. Yeah, so good, so tasty. So you take a curry, which is like its own soup, and then you mix it with the soup. Yeah. To make soup curry. Curry soup. Curry soup. <laughs> so it's thicker. I'm guessing it's thicker. No, it's just more flavorful. They just put the same like all oh, the spices. spices and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be yeah, pretty good. It's not filled with like the the paste. Vegetables. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it has a curry paste, but like that just gets cooked off. It's part of it's part of the vegetable. Uh, it's part of the spice, you know. Yeah. And then the chicken katsu is just fried chicken, like a chicken cutlet. Oh, that's what that is. I I never knew that. Yeah, yeah katsu is always cutlet. So like pork in, in like Japanese or, or something? Japanese, yeah. So they say chicken and then Japanese cutlet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm following. Yeah, I'm confused, yeah. but I'm following. <laughs> I would I would eat that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you come, we gotta go. We gotta you convince got... him to, you know, steer away from the Applebee's and the you know. <laughs> Pizza Don't hot, knock my favorite down. places. Start, start trying some actual like food here, okay? Yeah, start I think his palate a little bit. I think if we do ramen, I need a guarantee that if it's not good, we can get White Castle. No, that's what I need. Yeah, I need a guarantee no. like that. No, no. Yes, <laughs> it's like when I got you Lunchables. You knew there's a chance you weren't gonna like it, and so I I said, okay, I'll still buy you dinner. And you didn't. You did. What do you mean I didn't? What dinner did you buy me? I don't remember what we had, but I definitely you bought dinner. dinner. We... You just made force-fed me Lunchables, and that was it. <laughs> no. I didn't get any dinner. No. Don't my make dinner, me go. My dinner. I mean, my stomach was upset anyways. I wasn't even hungry because of that cold. No, actually, I, I remember what we got that day. That was the day we got Thai food. That was when we tried the new Thai restaurant, and our oh, friend maybe. ate it in the big bowl she asked for a mixing bowl to eat her ramen oh maybe it was maybe it was pho it was pho she had pho yeah i'm sorry is that is there a difference between the pho and the ramen yeah pho is vietnamese yeah thank you (laughs) i meant i meant is ramen japanese i don't understand understand what the (laughs) issue is completely different like soup base Completely different flavors. <gasps> I just wanted to confirm they're, they're both soups is what I meant. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, let, let's, let's move on from oh. all this stuff. We have short time and lots to talk about. Oh, we do? Oh, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, so... let's just remind everyone we're probably not going to do next week for Christmas Eve. 
that's correct. We're probably we're def definitely not going to do. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll be back the week after. We'll try oh, to for sure. we'll try to squeeze something in. Yeah. Maybe not on a Thursday, but we'll squeeze something in. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so Christmas is coming up next week. Speaking of which, Jim, what are some of your traditions for Christmas? Well, as a man of the people and not a crazy Canadian, we are not going to be putting fruit with meat with vegetables. I don't even remember what you had. Some crazy thing. To... Bacon wrapped dates stuffed with brie. Okay. Yeah. That sounds amazing. We're not doing that. We're not doing whatever salad dressing you were putting on your cheese. I forget what you did. You put sal balsamic, I think it was. Balsamic, yeah. Yeah, salad dressing on top of, I don't remember. We're not doing okay, well, that. What conditions do you have? Number one, we have rice balls. So as Italians know, they're called arancini. Arancini. Yeah. Um, if you want to be Italian, you know, got to know. And I... You can pronounce it in the Italian way. <laughs> no, it's, it's pronounced arancini. Cini. No, I think it's arancini. I don't... Cini. That's how I've heard it. If my family says it wrong, let's say it wrong. I mean, they don't even speak Italian, so probably wrong. That's the point. <laughs> but I'm very particular with it. My mom's family recipe sucks. Sorry, mom. It is what it is. I've told you many times. It sucks. Now, she didn't believe me it sucked. And I challenged her to a rice ball off. Wow. Not Jim only doesn't even know how to cook. Didn't even Challenge make them. I, I didn't even make them before. And we had family friends over and we had my mom's rice balls out and my rice balls out. And we didn't tell people that we made different ones. We just said, these are the originals and these are like a new one. And everybody liked mine. And my oh, mom was so wow. upset. So yeah. upset. She was probably like, that's it. I quit cooking. <laughs> no, she, she essentially stood her ground and said, you guys are wrong to like those. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's like, those, yeah, like those tough. aren't the OG rice balls. You can't like those. You guys don't know traditional Italian. That's Jim right. probably put chocolate chip cookies. That's <laughs> right. No cookies in hers. Yeah. So we do rice balls. Um, okay. I always look forward to antipast. You know, like the the salami and the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we always have raviolis, which okay. I love raviolis. I'll probably make cheese vodka sauce. What's that? Cheese raviolis. Right? Usually, usually the three cheese. Yeah, like yeah. um, I I'm a big fan of the the one of the places here actually makes a cheese and meat, which I really like. Um, but my parents are like so traditional, like, oh, you can only have the meat or you can only have the cheese. Regatta and the meat don't mix. And I'm like, but then you put them both on the same plate and you're eating them together. <laughs> so yeah, we do that. Um, I'll probably make my vodka sauce. Um, we do a lot, actually. A lot, actually, now that you're saying it, almost every dish we have for Christmas is a tr Christmas special dish. I don't want to spend all the time talking about them, but we have a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, since half my family's Italian, half my family's French, Christmas Eve we do the Italian side, which is the seven fishes. Right. And uh, is that the yeah. brajol? Is that Italian or is that Canadian? We don't do brajol on on. No brajol. No, not we we brajol the, the rest of the year. It doesn't. You don't need brajol on 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 Christmas. No, it's it's literally the seven fishes. Every dish has to. You have seven different dishes of fish. That's what it's so going to no be. So no calzones. No calzones, oh, no. My. All the good things. <laughs> you know what it is? You, your mom makes food that I never get to eat, even on my special holidays. So the, right. the stuff you're regularly eating, you're right. all spoiled. You're, like, you're saying, oh, is a treat to be <laughs> on Christmas. Like, yeah. You know, we had that two Sundays ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eating like steak every week and like brajol. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and so then the French side is um, um, pig's feet ragu, and then meat pie, mashed potato. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Just don't don't just skip over that and pretend you didn't say that. What? What did you say? The pig's feet ragu. Yeah. What? what what's going on there? Yeah, it's the ham hocks. You know, the ankles around the pig's feet. I know and what then... those are. Yeah, you put that in a in, in 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 like a stew with meatballs and potatoes and carrots and stuff. Yeah, so good. 
<laughs> Interestingly um, enough, we always have a hard time finding them. I think a lot of people eat ham hocks or pig's feet. Really? I've seen I've seen the similar type of like oxtail and stuff. Well, they'll put right. that stuff in soup. So I guess it makes sense. And maybe because it's really tough, it just you know the flavors need to just. No, we, it's cooked so long that like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you gotta cook. You gotta boil it essentially. Yeah, well, it's in a stew, and it's right. cooking like all day. But then you take it out, or do you leave it in? No, you eat. You eat. You eat it. What about the nail, like the hoof? No, I said it's the ankle around the the oh. hoof. I'm not putting the whole foot in there. <laughs> okay, okay, that sounds way better. So it's just the bone, and then like the meat. Not even the bone, just the just the ankle, just the meat around the ankle. How do they get it? They just cut it off the bone. Yeah, I just cut off the bone. That yeah. doesn't sound bad at all, actually. I take back what no, I said. That good. actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> you said the you said the the feet and everything, and I was just immediately went to hoof, and I was like, I don't want a hoof. Well, you can't eat hoof. <laughs> I know that. Pig's feet. It's the meat around the pig, pig's foot. You know? Well, when they say chicken feet, they eat the chicken's feet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which I've, I can't do. I've yet to have that, actually. Me, me, me too. Which, I, but it smells delicious. It. They put barbecue sauce on it. It smells delicious because it's fried. <laughs> yeah, it's fried with barbecue sauce. Yeah. All right. So, speaking of traditions, I thought, why don't we just have... We, we do this every season, Jim, around any time of holiday. We're going to do a tournament bracket of Christmas Ooh. traditions. Okay. But me being me, I need to make it a learning session. So I, there were lists galore of Christmas traditions. So I'm obviously going to not have some on here. So sure, don't, sure. guys, don't, don't try to, to behead me. Right. If I don't mention a Christmas tradition over here, there's tons of them. Um, some are joined together. But this is just a list developed by the History Channel because I'm going to teach you the history of the traditions as we mention it. And then Jim's going to decide which ones he likes better. That sounds perfect. As a man of the people, I think everybody would prefer that. <laughs> we'll get to the right. bottom of what's the best here. So what do you mean what's the bottom? No, we're doing – it's a bracket. Uh, I meant we'll, we'll get to the bottom to figure out like – which oh, is the best. we get to the bottom of what, what is the best on the yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, first one on the list is door wreaths. You know, the wreaths that you put on doors? Oh, okay, I talk now? No, 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 no. I thought you were so going to explain it. So yeah, then yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, yes. You just, you just had this like blank stare. Because <laughs> that's, like, yeah. that's about how I feel about door wreaths. <laughs> well, obviously we're starting with the low low seeds because the, the how the bracket works is I seed the lowest, the lowest are going against the lowest, and then the, the highest seeds get an automatic buy into the next Ooh, round. Okay. Okay. So door wreaths. Wreaths have been around since the ancient Greek and Roman times. But the evergreen Christmas wreath, often adorned with boughs of holly, eventually took on Christian meaning with the circular shape representing eternal life and the holly leaves and berries symbolic of Christ's crown of thorns and blood. Okay. And that's going up against Christmas cards. Oh, I'm sure you were in a picture this year. I always get one from your mom, Jim. You get a card? No, not me. My mom does. I was going to say, always, what are they printing money always, over there? I always get treated to the, the story from it. <laughs> it's a long two-page story of all of your lives during the whole year. Um, but yeah, Christmas cards. The first official Christmas card debuted in 1843 England with the simple message, A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. The idea of a mailed winter holiday greeting gradually caught on in both Britain and the U.S. with the Kansas City-based Hall Brothers now Hallmark, that's where Hallmark came from, created a folding card sold with an envelope in 1915. Today, according to the Greeting Card Association, more than 1.6 billion holiday cards are sold annually. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a whole, a whole bunch of cool facts on here. Yeah. I'll so. also say that a uh, fun fact about the, the card this year, I got a message at work yesterday, two days okay. ago, through the work chat system. Uh-huh. Stranger and said, Hey, weird request. My dad 
went to college with your dad and got the card from your dad. And my dad wants to know your dad's email so he can email him and say thank you. And my first thought was, why did my dad send this guy a card? You don't even have the number or email of the guy? Like, <laughs> you've, was you've, it spam? Like, you Just literally talk. I think they literally talk once a year through Christmas cards. Like, I send you one, it's you one send me one. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah, we're just Christmas card acquaintances. Yeah, know that's that, a thing. that needs to be a name. What should we call that? Christmas card friends? It's too long. We need a, fat, a shorter one. Uh, CCPs? CCPs. I like CCPs. Yeah, CCP. All right. Okay, so yeah, so wreaths versus Christmas cards, Jim. Which wins for you? We have to Christmas cards. I think everybody knows that. I think wreaths are... Wreaths are in line with things you put on people's graves, too. So <laughs> That's true. I didn't even know that was a thing until recently, but yeah. Yeah, so no. <laughs> All right, so cards wins. All right, I'm so happy for the next one. All right, Jim? I'm ready. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Decades later, it may be hard to imagine that this beloved TV special, would you write this? By Charles Schultz's Peanuts comic strip, was first rejected by CBS executives. Good, when it good riddance. Aired, what's that? Good riddance. It's good riddance. When it finally aired on December 9th, 1965. Almost half of all US TV sets were tuned to the broadcast, and the show went on to win an Emmy a Peabody, an enduring following, and even a trend of Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I got feedback from our last episode. Uh-huh. And the feedback I got was, the movies you named were terrible movies. Charlie Brown is amazing. I don't I'm, know. I'm just giving you, the, I'm giving you the candid feedback <laughs> that it was not me who said that. I said that on the podcast because that's my opinion. But I did have someone else mention to me a listener who said that. Now, granted, that they listener to themselves, they they just need to accept Charlie Brown into their life and the story and the messages of Charlie Brown. Well, so that person's favorite Christmas movie is Elf, and so they actually said you were like spot on with Elf. They were like, okay. yeah, really good they were taste. Right about that. Really good taste. And then they're like, but then when you started rattling off Charlie Brown, it was like, what the heck's going on? Come on. That is an iconic. Look, it even made the History Channel's list of Christmas traditions. (laughs) I have nothing more to say. All right. Well, that's going up against Salvation Army bell ringers. You put it against the worst thing in the whole list that I'd have to Ticket, you put it against the worst thing. You know that the bell ringers are are like Girl Scouts on steroids, and they just they just they get after you. Aggressive. They get after you, and they're like, "Oh, you don't got no Christmas spirit!" Ding a ling a ling a ling, you know. <laughs> All right, that's so funny. I love this is my favorite one. How dare you match these up? So, come December, bell ringers span out to accept donations in their iconic red kettles. Collecting money for the needy since 1891, the tradition started with San Francisco Salvation Army Captain Joseph McPhee, who wanted to raise money to offer a free Christmas dinner to 1,000 of the city's most destitute. Inspired by a kettle he had seen in England, in which people tossed in coins for the poor, he set up his own version, and the idea quickly spread across the country and the world. Today, the Salvation Army helps more than 4.5 billion people during the holiday season, and they don't only accept cash. Donations can be made via smartphones, too. So is this category... Now now you can Venmo. So you can't even go to the bell ringer and say, I got no cash on me. He'll be like, well, you got a smartphone. You just Venmo me. God. <laughs> now, is this category just the bell ringers, or is it inclusive of Salvation Army? Uh, it's inclusive. So the salvation—it's the idea of the Salvation Army 
but you have to include the bell ringers as part of it. Ooh, so that's tough. So I donate to the Salvation Army every year. Clothes, you're saying? Clothes. Essentially yeah, clothes that I can't wear or whatever, like we're a gift and they don't fit or whatever. And right, right. it comes off your taxes. Yeah. And they take it off your taxes, plus like you're helping people. So it's like a win-win. Yeah. But I hate bell ringers. And I don't know and you know I love keeping my money, but I I don't I think bell, bell ringers are worse than the benefit I get from Salvation Army. <laughs> so you're saying Charlie Brown's gonna win? Oh, let's put it down. Wow. Mark look, see, I knew Charlie Brown had a special place oh in your God. You Charlie purposefully Brown. did this. I know oh, when you're making see. this list, you're like, which is the worst experience of Christmas? Let's get Charlie Brown through. I literally got the bottom seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up we have Christmas pickles. Okay. I have no idea what that is. So I only learned about this recently. Um, but it's it's a tradition that actually a lot of households do. So if there's a pickle among your snowman, angel, and reindeer ornaments, you're likely taking part in the American tradition of hiding the green ornament on the tree so that the first child to find it wins a gift or gets to open the first Christmas present Christmas morning. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, the practice origins are a bit murky, or should I be or should I say briny? But it's likely it grew from a Woolworths marketing gimmick from the late 1800s when the retailer received imported German ornaments shaped like a pickle and needed a sales pitch. So, yeah, so basically because it's like dark green, it hides really well in the Christmas tree. And so the kids are supposed to try to find this pickle in the Christmas tree. Now, I would definitely would go over the top and I'd destroy that Christmas tree. My, I'm glad my parents never did that to me as a kid. Right, right, right. Because I'm just too competitive. <laughs> I think we should we should do that as our own tradition. But it should be like a pickle Rick or something. Like pickle Rick. Like pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Like we get oh, like a, like a oh, pickle. Like, like, an, like, like a modern version of the pickle. That'd yeah, be really yeah. funny. That'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's up against the 12 Days of Christmas song. Oh my god. Even though most hear the song between Thanksgiving and Christmas Day, the Christian 12 Days of Christmas, which span the birth of Jesus and the visit of the Magi, Magi. 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 Actually takes place December 25th to January 6th. The earliest version of the poem turned song is thought to have been published in Mirth Without Mischief a children's book from 1780 with the modern version credited to English composer Frederick Austin, who set the poem to music. Now, this is, this is the interesting part. Each year, the PNC Christmas price index totals up the total cost of the 12 gifts named in the song based on the current markets. For 2019, everything from a partridge in a pear tree to 12 drummers drummings would run up a bill of $38,993.59. cents. <laughs> I kind of sounded like uh, I was on the prices right or something. Yeah. There's a lot of expensive stuff in there. You got to buy swans and rings, five rings, gold rings. And then you got to get pipers and drummers. And yeah, it's expensive. Ladies dancing. I don't know. That might be cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That's a standard Friday. You know, I don't know how many, how, how much it costs for maids milking. What's that? I don't know how much it costs for maids of milking, but... Ooh, that's true. Yeah, they got to milk the cows. <laughs> All right. What's next? So, Christmas pickles... Oh, I have to pick between Christmas. those? They're both terrible. Yeah. <laughs> got to pick one. Let's just do, do the... the, the song or the, or the idea of the pickles in the Christmas tree? Let's do the song. The song over the pickles? Wow, I'm surprised. Okay. I like pickles, like, in trees. But... I can't ever see that ending well. <laughs> Yet you want to make it a tradition. Yeah, for us it'd be funny, like find Pickle Rick, you know? <laughs> okay, one of Jim's favorites up next here. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, pretty sure this one's going to be an easy win. Gingerbread houses. Oh, love these. 
Although Queen Elizabeth I gets credit for the early decorating of gingerbread cookies, once again it's the Germans who lay claim to starting the gingerbread house tradition. And when the German brothers Grimm wrote Hansel and Gretel, a new holiday tradition was born. Because the house the house is made out of gingerbread. Oh, it's from that? Yes, yeah, from Hansel and Gretel. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Good movie, by the way, too. And uh, it's going up against It's a Wonderful Life, the movie that we God. talked about last week. Yeah. Frank Capra's classic Christmas film debuted in 1946, um, which depicts a suicidal man who has shown that life would be like without him by an angel. But before becoming an annual TV viewing tradition, the movie was a bit of a flop at the box office when it premiered. Really? Yeah. Although it did receive five Oscar nominations, but none, it never won. I mean, that's a pretty good movie. And, like, I think that is a solid Christmas tradition. I really do. But gingerbread houses are just better. <laughs> I figured that one would be anything. Okay. Next up, we have the Advent calendar. Ooh, I love that as a kid. Yeah. You know, I still do that. Yeah. Well, I'm an adult, so I could just buy chocolate. <laughs> True, but it's more fun when you do it day by day, you know. Early versions of this tradition started again in Germany in 1903 by publisher Gerhard Land, offered a way for children to count down to Christmas by opening one door or window a day to reveal a Bible passage, poem, or small gift. Since oh. gaining What's that? Oh. That's... <laughs> Since gaining mass popularity by 1920, the calendars have evolved to secular calendars that included daily gifts from mini bottles of wine to nail polish to chocolates to action yeah. figures. Yeah. Yeah. The OG one sounds terrible. <laughs> you don't want Bible verses in your advent no, calendar? Thank you. So that's going to go up against poinsettias, the flower. America's Christmas flower, these plants native to Central America were brought to the United States and given their name by the country's first U.S. ambassador by Mexico, botanist Joel Roberts Poinsett in the 1820s. It was a California horticulturist named Paul Eck who brought the traditionally red and green plants to the masses 100 years later. He donated the plants to TV shows, and according to the Los Angeles Times, the poinsettia became the best-selling potted plant in the nation by 1986. Wow. Yeah. I think poinsettias got to go, though. <laughs> Advent calendars wins? Okay. Yeah, that's I a good do. one. Though. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. Just the idea of you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Just always, always proves to be a, a fun take on stuff. All right. Next is ugly Christmas sweaters. That's recent. That's got to be recent. Yeah. Well, actually, it's it's interesting. So... You can blame our neighbors to the north for this silly, ironic oh tradition God. that really gained steam in the 1980s. According to the Ugly Christmas Sweater Party Book, the sweaters became a party trend in Vancouver, Canada in 2001, and the trend is seemingly here to stay. According to Fox Business, the ugly sweater industry is now a multi-million dollar business. I believe that. Yeah, you see them all the time in stores nowadays. Yeah, I see them like regular times of the year, too. Do you? Yeah. Just ugly sweaters. Yeah, ugly sweaters on, oh, okay. Just ugly sweaters. And then, that's what people want to wear, like, don't know, don't have good fashion sense, and they just think ugly sweaters look nice. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> could you imagine getting a sweater, and then you just hate it so much that you wear it on an ugly Christmas sweater, and then those people show up who gave it to you? Oh, my goodness. Ooh, that I would never do. That's a risk. <laughs> but the ugly sweaters usually just they're busy they got a lot going on yeah a lot like yeah like this one yeah you got so, a lot on there yeah all right it's going up against the department store santa Ooh, lining, I like him. lining up at the mall to snap a photo of the kids on santa's lap may seem like a modern christmas tradition but it dates back to 1890 when james edgar of brockton massachusetts had a santa suit made for him and dressed as the jolly fellow at his dry goods store the gimmick caught on a year later, and a year later, Santa's could be found in many stores. While many point to Edgar as the original store Santa, Macy's, of course, in New York, claims that it's been hosting Santa since 1862. Wow. <laughs> I think we got to let the Santas win. That's kind of that's fun, you know, having Santas everywhere. 
Better than ugly Christmas sweaters? I wow. think so. Stores. How many more we got here? We're 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 running a little low on time here. I know that's why I was trying to speed up things. <laughs> it's okay. I'm only gonna tell the stories once. Okay. You know, then it'll just be you picking stuff afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Next is Elf on the Shelf. Love it or loathe it. Since 2005, mom and dads have either joyously or begrudgingly been hiding a toy each night, toy elf each night, from Thanksgiving to Christmas. More than 13 million elves have been adopted since 2005 when Carol Abersold and her daughter, Chanda Bell, published a book, Elf on the Shelf, a Christmas tradition that comes with the toy. Social media has even inspired some parents to set up elaborate scenarios for their elves. I did see some of those, which are pretty funny. Yeah, on social media. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. Going to go up against, and I figured you wouldn't know this, but I'll, I put it on here anyway because we might have listeners. Um... Luminarias, which are simple folded brown bags filled with sand and lit by votive candles. They're particularly popular in the southwest of the United States. I do know them. They actually put them to sale sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've never taken part. But so I've... dating back more than 300 years, they line sidewalks and churches in places such as Albuquerque and Santa Fe, New Mexico. In Phoenix, the annual Las Noches de las, las Luminarias at the Desert Botanical Garden features more than 8,000 Luminaria bags. Hmm. So we got Elf on the Shelf versus Luminaria. I wasn't going to put Elf on the Shelf through, but it's pretty hard to, to put Luminaria through. So let's, let's put the Elf through. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Next is the Nutcracker play. Oh, God. <laughs> the holiday season is not complete without a trip to watch this ballet with music by Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky and originally choreographed by Marius Petipa. The romantic tale... I, I pardon my Russian here. The romantic tale of the young Clara's Christmas Eve premiered December 18, 1892 in St. Petersburg, Russia. It was performed for the first time outside of Russia in 1934 in England and made its way to the United States in 1944 when it was performed by the San Francisco Ballet. It became a must-see event in America in the 1960s as performances spread across the nation. You know, now that you're saying it, it does sound Russian, the music. Like, I didn't know it was a Russian, like, play, but the music does sound Russian. With the ballet. So, yeah. 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 Ballet was very much popularized by, uh, in Russia. Um, so it's going up against making fun of fruitcake. Ooh, <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> A favorite of the Brits, both Princess Diana and Kate Middleton served it at their weddings. Fruitcake, that much maligned mix of dried fruit, nuts, and brandy, has been the subject of long-running American holiday jokes. There's a small town called Manitou Springs in Colorado that holds an annual fruitcake toss on January 3rd, and the dessert has become fodder for many a comedian, such as Johnny Carson, who said, The worst Christmas gift is a fruitcake. I swear there is only one fruitcake in the entire world, and people keep sending it to each other. <laughs> Pretty good joke. So Nutcracker versus making fun of fruitcake. Well, we get my dad a fruitcake every year, so got to go with the fruitcake. <laughs> you give your dad a fruitcake every year? Does he not know it's a joke? Or he, you guys he, not loves it it. Or he loves it. He loves it. That's so interesting. Like a freak. <laughs> All right. Next up is Yule Logs. Yule Logs were part of ancient winter solstice celebrations, but it was Americans who turned the wood burning into must-see TV. Back in 1966, WPIX-TV in New York City aired a continuous 17-second loop of a fireplace for three hours along with holiday music. That led to an eventual better production in nearly 20 years of annual viewing. Today, you can even view the Yule Log on demand and on the web. Hmm. I know my family puts it on all the time at Christmas dinner. We put on the Yule Log. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. I guess you're right. We do that with our fireplace too. Yeah. It's going up against cookie swaps. I didn't even know this was a thing. Oh. Let's read it. I love cookies. For more than a hundred years, Americans have spent time baking up a storm to exchange cookies at one of these events, where participants bring dozens of their favorite cookies, then guests trade and head home with an array of goodies. They started off as cookie parties in the late 1800s. Then they began to be called cookie exchanges by the 1930s and cookie swaps in the 50s. 
Historically, cookie exchange parties have been a ladies-only event. Exchanges were hosted by friends, relatives, neighbors, social groups, clubs, office co-workers, teams, schools, and churches. Now they often include children, and men are frequently used as the fundraisers for them. Of course. Of course. This is classic Christmas right here. Classic. <laughs> men fundraising cookie bake-offs here. I know. I was I I for, I was supposed to get my my cookie box yesterday, but I forgot. And it was this whole box of all these different homemade cookies, and I tried some, and they were so good. So I'm very much for the cookie bake-offs. And I'm, I, honestly, Steve, I'm a little disappointed we don't do a cookie cookie bake-off thing. We should, but I'm not a good baker, so I'm I'm put in a poor poor performance. I but made those cookies. My mom makes great cookies, so maybe I'll just steal one of her recipes. And as long as I follow along, right, I should be good. Yeah, I think you could see my cookie skill. I couldn't even get them to come in a circle. <laughs> oh, we went at Jim's place yeah over the weekend. He decided to bake us chocolate chip cookies, and instead of just cooking them in batches. He was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put them all into one pan, even though they don't fit. And guess what they happened? Fit. They fit when you put it in the pan. Log where cookies were on top of each other. They were just growing as a cookie mass. Now, they tasted great because obviously they were just like pre-made cookies that he just put into a pan. Delicious. But... <laughs> Look, we ate were all the cookies. cookies. Yeah. Yeah, we should, we okay, should do so... that as our Christmas tradition. I think so. We can include that. That's and, a lot of and, fun. and I'm actually even okay to just do pre-made ones, but we each make a set. So we'll have all these different cookies. That's a good idea. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> all right. So Yule Logs versus Christmas Cookie Swap. Yeah, of course. Christmas Cookie Swap. Okay, cookies. I think all even right. now that you're saying it, my mom does a Christmas Cookie Swap too. And I think they exchange recipes too. I think that's part of it. You're supposed to have uh -huh. a recipe and then you give your cookies to someone and you're like, here. And then they're supposed to be like, hmm, these are so delicious. Give me the recipe. And then you. You toss it away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time. So we got to go. We start, got to start. Going Good. Okay. So now we're getting into the buy rounds of, but then they're going to go up against the winners of the previous round. So first up is Christmas trees. Decorated trees date back to Germany in the Middle Ages, with German and other European settlers popularizing Christmas trees in America by the early 19th century. A New York woodsman named Mark Carr is credited with opening the first U.S. Christmas tree lot in 1851. A 2019 survey by the American Christmas Tree Association predicted that 77% of U.S. households displayed a Christmas tree in their home. Among the trees on display, an estimated 81% were artificial, and 19% were real. That makes and sense. And that's going to go up against Christmas cards. Christmas trees versus Christmas cards? Yeah. I mean, now you're just killing Christmas, man. <laughs> I mean, we got to yeah. go with Christmas tree. All right. Tree wins. I don't yeah. think anybody well, yeah, could, could, could go against that. Come on. Okay. So next up is a battle between Charlie Brown and the 12 Days of Christmas song. You did this. You did this. You put Charlie Brown in this pathway to victory. And I'm telling you, he's not going to make it. He may make it through some of these rounds. It's better than the 12 Days of Christmas song. I'll, I'll have to concede it's better than that song. So Charlie Brown but it's it. like... Guys, you see this? Jim secretly loves that Charlie Brown movie. I knew this was going to happen. He spoke so much smack about this. It's going to win. It's going to get all the way to the end. <laughs> I'll die before that happens. <laughs> all right. So next up is Christmas Lights. Ooh, Another love it. Love it. Thomas Edison may be famous for the light bulb, but it was his partner and friend, Edward Hibberb Johnson, who had the bright idea of stringing bulbs around the Christmas tree in New York in 1982. By 1914, the lights were being mass-produced, and now some 150 million sets of lights are sold in the U.S. each year. Love it. Probably the best thing about Christmas, honestly. What is and that up against? 
That is up against gingerbread houses. Oh, what? You're making these. You're doing this. Charlie Brown should never have gotten this far. Why isn't he against gingerbread houses? Charlie Brown's going to go above gingerbread houses. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> How dare you rate them this way? You definitely stack this. Oh, man. Those are both really good. I gotta go with the lights only because oh, I go. have my lights in my place up all the time because they're just so cool. General lighting. <laughs> yeah. And a nice tree. You know, lights are really nice. Okay. So next up is a visit from Santa Claus. So the legend of Santa Claus can be traced back hundreds of years to a monk named St. Nicholas. Is believed that Nicholas was born sometime around 280 AD. Uh, much admired him for his piety and kindness. St. Nicholas became the subject of many legends. It is said that he gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and the sick. St. Nicholas made his first inroads into American pop culture towards the end of the 18th century. In December 1773 and again in 74, a New York newspaper reported that groups of Dutch families had gathered to honor the anniversary of his death. The name Santa Claus evolved from Nick's Dutch nickname, Sinterklaas, a shortened form of St. Nicholas. Cool. And that is going up against, who won between? Oh, Advent calendars. Oh, I think Santa Claus is better. Santa Claus? Yeah, Santa Claus visit, for sure. That's the highlight of every kid's Christmas. That's right, that's right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Next up is Cookies and Milk for Santa. Oh, I do like While leaving treats for Santa and his reindeer dates back to ancient Norse mythology. Americans began to sweeten up the tradition during the Great Depression in the 1930s as a sign of showing gratitude during a time of struggle. What's that up against? That is going up against Department Store Santa. Ooh. Let's keep Department Store Santa. Wow. That's a good one. I saw one today. I literally saw one today. Did you, Did you yeah. sit on his lap? I'm a little old for that, but you know. <laughs> Mind of the office episode where oh. Kevin sits on you know that, that so that, many bloopers. That he actually got like uh like a bruised leg from, from him sitting on there, right? <laughs> the bloopers on Instagram from that are just hilarious. Where he's like, Oh god. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Okay, next is the Rockettes. We're still doing new ones? Yeah, well, they're, 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 we're almost done. We're almost done. Since 1925, first known as the Missouri Rockettes, this iconic dance troupe has been kicking up its heels, officially becoming the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes in the 1934. From performing at movie openings to entertaining troops to making TV appearances, they're perhaps best known for their annual Christmas spectacular. I do like and the Rockettes. up against Elf on the Shelf. Well, let's keep Rockettes for sure. Rockets. Yeah, my sister loves them. We've seen them a few times. Okay. Next is candy canes. Whether devoured as a treat or hung on the tree as decoration, candy canes are number one selling non-chocolate candy during December. That date back to 1670 Germany. Of course, Germany, everything. The red and white peppermint sticks arrived stateside in 1847 when a German-Swedish immigrant in Worcester Ohio placed them on a tree. By the 1950s, an automated candy cane making machine was invented, cementing their mass appeal. Okay. What's that against? That is going up against making fun of fruitcake. Fruitcake, for sure. <laughs> that, that's definitely not get old. <laughs> the funny thing is the fruitcake comes in like the tin that the cookies come in nowadays, and I'm always disappointed when I open it. <laughs> it's true. Okay, last new one. Boozy eggnog. Ooh. Nothing makes the holidays happier more than more quickly than a glass of spiked eggnog. Although the Yuletide cocktail stems from posset, a drink made with hot curdled milk, and ale or wine from medieval England. American colonists get credit for making it popular and adding rum. Even George Washington had a special recipe. Nothing more American than boozy eggnog. And that's going up against... Uh, cookie swap. Oh, cookie swap is way better than boozy eggnog. Oh, I hope a lot of people give you flack for eggnog, that. If you say eggnog 
or even boozy eggnog is better than cookies, you don't deserve Christmas. <laughs> Santa right. would disown you. We're going through the quarterfinals now. Oh, thank goodness. Christmas trees versus Charlie Brown. Finally, knock this back to where it came from. Throw it away. Right back in the garbage. I don't want to hear about this movie for another year. You know, I made it all the way to the quarterfinals for you. I'll take it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could have put any other movie on this list. Any other movie. So next up is Christmas Lights versus A Visit from Santa Claus. Ooh. Let's stick with the lights. The lights are great. Okay. All right. Uh, next is Department Store Santa versus uh, the Rockettes. Ooh, and this is which is more Christmassy? Just what? What? Yeah, more, like better Christmas tradition. I gotta go with Santa then. Store Santa. Okay, knocking out the rock cats. I know. I'm hoping that everybody, all of our listeners, are agreeing with me right now, because like now it's getting. Probably yelling at you so hard. Well, now it's getting to that. The eggnog one. Oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm not a middle-aged woman. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, so here's the thing that's crazy. For some reason, that's the stereotype in movies, and that's definitely not real life. Like we always like I drink like I drink eggnog all the time, but during Christmas. Right. But in the movies, it's always like some middle aged woman who's like, I can't wait for this eggnog, you know. Ah, this holiday season always makes me depressed. Let me drink this eggnog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. so um, last up here in the quarterfinals, we have making fun of fruitcake versus cookie swap. Ooh, now we're getting close. Yeah, this is why I'm afraid I'm going to get roasted by our listeners a bit because these are both pretty good. I'm going to go with Cookie Swap because I I know that's more mainstream. Oh, wow. If you're just trying to get our our listeners attention you're just trying to i'm get a man to of the people they know that i'm a man oh, of the people wow. <laughs> everybody knows that i have that cool head uh laser focus in with their feelings right right <laughs> all right semifinals christmas tree versus christmas lights why do you do this why do you hate christmas you hate Christmas. You put oh, it this way on purpose. Not up here. <laughs> I'll put Christmas tree. I think you can't you can't do it without the tree. All right. Okay, next next semifinal. Department store Santa versus the cookie swap. This is where we're at now? Yeah. I think cookie swap had a good run. I think it had a good run. Store Santa, jeez, I put yeah. that as a low seed. I didn't think Store Santa was that. Store Santa, that's literally the movie Elf. <laughs> no, it was one scene in Elf. That's it. It's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It's all these that, movies that, that, are that, about that, Santa. Yeah, kids love seeing Santa. More about Santa coming down and giving me presents. Yeah, but yeah. like you want to tell Santa what you want. That's Santa in the mall. I, I think I probably sat on Santa's lap maybe two or three times in my life. Yeah? Your parents got any pictures of that? Yeah, they did. Definitely. Tell Santa what you want, but tell him under 20 bucks, you know, mom and dad don't want to go overboard. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds about right. <laughs> All right. The finals. Christmas trees versus store Santa. It was a good run, Santa. Oh, that's it. So Jim puts the Christmas tree at the top of the I list. I think you can't get any more iconic of a tradition. You know, I, I might agree with you. I think Christmas tree is probably the the top. You know, it's 
it's a good family tradition. Everyone gets together and decorates the tree together. I know my family, they put on Christmas music, they start drinking, and then they start decorating the Christmas tree. <laughs> Just to get through that exercise, they're like, look, open up the wine, put on the music, we'll power through it. You got to make it fun because it can be exhausting putting on that. Oh, yeah. You put up your tree, right? I think the last episode you said you put it up. Yeah, yeah, I put up my Christmas tree. I did the village, yeah. So I made a little train set going around my workout bench. Wow, I those... that was the yeah. one that was in the garbage? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that works fine. When I was over yeah. your house, it's great. It's fine. I told you, right? I, saw I, don't, that. Know. I, like, I don't know. Who's, why throwing, who's throwing this stuff out? I tell you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was in the garbage, but like, you know, a little spray, you're good to go culture these days i tell you just so easy to throw things away i think you've seen in my house you probably don't don't notice it in the closet there's that shoe rack it was from my old apartment i went to the garbage room and there was just a shoe rack and i was like who's throwing away a whole shoe rack (laughs) just clean it take it yeah Yeah, i just wiped it down and i was like good to go (laughs) all right guys you agree with our christmas list or do you have some uh some foul words to say to Jim. Is Jim going to get some cold for Christmas by making these choices? You know, <laughs> let us know, you know, in the comments on, on social media. Um, you can find us. We're creativity level zero on Instagram. We're creativity underscore level underscore zero, the number. And you can catch us live every Thursday at nine, except for next Thursday. Cause it's Christmas uh, on Twitch. We're creativity level zero and zero is again, the numbers zero. Uh, And thanks for joining. Thanks, guys.